listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. Happy hump day. Hope your week is going well, and thanks for spending part of it with us. Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, and how the heck are you? Big night in sports last night, an all-time record being broken. We are midway through Super Bowl 57 week. Very quiet. Very quiet in Phoenix. News being made elsewhere in the league, but not really out of Phoenix. Top of the morning to you, Mark. How are you? Good morning, David. I'm doing well. Good night yesterday. Good sports night, obviously. And uh, we're, we're closing in on the game. If you say so, if you say so, 10 days since we've had a football game, it feels a lot longer. It does. It does. It feels like this gap of two weeks, and it's always going to be two weeks. I don't think they're going to change it because I think they tell the city how much they're getting, and part of the Super Bowl is the two weeks that Phoenix gets leading up to it. But, ooh, you're right. All quiet on the Western Front or the Southwestern front in this case. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, everybody's figured out the game, you know, the news that was made in the first 20 or so years of the Super Bowl, it, you know, people didn't know how to handle the hoopla that went along with the game and people would be out and about. And it's funny that here we are in the social media era and you would think that if there would be more off-the-field news during the Super Bowl era, it would be now as opposed to the early days of it. But, you know, I mean, when's when's the last time you had a huge story break that involved the teams in the Super Bowl? In the To me, don't you have to go, who was the Falcon safety who got – arrested you're, you're right I was I didn't go back I went way back the th- first thing that popped in my head was the Raiders center okay well, and went and MIA that, and that's a that's, that's 20 years ago yeah. that's actually the most recent because the Falcon center was it Eugene Robinson okay who had won the Bart Starr award and then got arrested for soliciting a prostitute that's it's no a- we're not making that up by the way, the Bart Starr Award, I mean, that and the Walter Payton Award are like, you know, either one is you're the best damn human being, you know, in, in, in the league. And he won it and then got arrested for soliciting an undercover cop as a prostitute. Hate Night it when that his, happens. I know. That's bad timing. Timing. But yeah, Barrett Robbins, right? Wasn't that the Raiders center who uh, went to Mexico? Game was in San Diego, and, uh, you know, I mean, outside of the Sun Bowl, that's about as close as you can get. And so, um, you know, he just off his meds, and he went across the border and not to be seen for a few days through the Raiders into turmoil. I mean, and those were night before day of stories. You know, nobody says anything anymore either. You know, you don't get Thomas Hollywood Henderson from 45 years ago saying, I don't want to say Terry Bradshaw is dumb, but if we spotted him the C and the T, he couldn't spell cat. 
you know, I, we don't get that anymore. No, we don't trash talk. Not really. And today's athlete is, is for the most part, much more conscious of what's going on around them and staying out of the spotlight. And I don't think today's athlete parties nearly the way the, the athlete of a generation ago did. Or if so, they organize it. They don't just go out and, you know, tear the town apart. They bring the town to them, which is a good thing, quite frankly. But so Super Bowl weeks are probably going to be boring for the, the rest of our days. They just are, which allows, by the way, something to happen that never used to happen. You can be another sport and actually make news. How ironic. During the season, you can't infiltrate the NFL at all. But during the days leading up to the Super Bowl, you can be the NBA and be the lead story in the country. And you can be the lead story in the country for damn near three days. I mean, let's face it. This trade deadline has got a little buzz. And not just because I love a trade deadline. And on top of it, LeBron just became the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and we can discuss his greatness, debate his greatness, relive Kareem's greatness, etc. The week leading up to the Super Bowl, who'd have thunk it? This had got no play if it was leading up to the NFC and AFC championship games. And I don't know if the... East Coast media bias is in effect with the Super Bowl being in Phoenix. If that hurts, helps, doesn't do a darn thing for the Super Bowl. I think it's more of what you talked about, David, is that we don't have any drama outside of trying to break down the game and who the hell wants to do that for five days. You know what I mean? Right. You want a story to talk about. I mean, I'm more interested in Aaron Rodgers' four days of darkness than any other story <laughs> leading up to the game right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's a poll question worthy, but what's the most amount of time you've spent in darkness? How old am I? <laughs> well, uh, early 50s. Boy, there's been uh, a lot of darkness. It's been a dark day, David. I I understand. All right. I don't mean darkness from the shoulders up. Okay. I mean in the room. In the room. Keep your depression and self-loathing to yourself. All right. I'm talking about the room. I don't I mean, even like the idea of four days of darkness therapy. I, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, darkness on the edge of town. But, I mean, man. Apparently, though, he did say he gets food delivered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Four days of darkness. Hold on. There's a knock on the door. It's DoorDash. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Here, I'll just crack the door open. Here's your tip. All right. Thanks. Slide it underneath, please. <laughs> just leave it there. Hopefully, you're not wearing any neon. And uh, turn the light out in the hallway. Either that or if he's, I don't know, in the middle of the wilderness somewhere, he can't leave the food for long. An animal this time of year could come and grab it. Or rip that packaging off uh, faster than you will. So, but apparently, four days after the Super Bowl, four days of darkness, 
but food will be delivered. What you you couldn't pack? You couldn't bring the food. How would you find it? It's four day. What do you mean? You go shopping beforehand. You bring it no, with you. No, 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 no. It's dark. Ah, you get used to it. Of course you do. What are you, a cat? <laughs> Your eyes adjust. Says it's cathartic. Something also about I don't know. It releases the what was it? DMTs. He said. What the heck is that? Is that David Michael Thomas? I mean, I don't know. I just made up a name. What? I know there was a Philip Michael Thomas. I don't know. Just keep working I, at it. You're doing fine. I, <laughs> but man, that was something. He admitted that out loud, by the way. He said that out loud. It's not to a few friends. Not to the daughter of the Milwaukee Bucks there, who's apparently dating. I mean, he said that out. No, honey, I, listen, I'm I'm going to, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to go away for a few days. Oh, really? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going to a cabin. Oh. With it. friends? Are you going hunting? No. Just me in the room. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to sit in the dark for four days. Yeah, I don't know about getting rid of the DMTs. I thought he was going to take DMT because I know that's an hallucinogenic <laughs> drug. So I, I think that's more along Aaron's line than getting well, rid of them. That was last offseason, remember? That's what he was doing last offseason. I mean, if you're the Packers at this point, or, uh, first off, I was waiting for the Packers to come out and go, uh, dude, we've already decided what we're doing with you. I I, we could save you the four days. But apparently, retirement's 100% on the table. That's right, Mark. I have to think, though, when you are that financially set in any walk of life, isn't retirement always 100% on the table? Once you've hit a certain wealth status, retirement's always 100% on the table. It's always an option. For the rest of us, it's not an option. Do you know why? We've got to go to work in the morning. Before you're 40, though, before you're 40. Was a dream. (laughs) Actually, it's so unrealistic, it's not even a dream. I mean, although I guess, you know, for a professional athlete, you know, you realize, I mean, almost all of them will retire before 40, but man. I mean, you do know he gets paid like 50-something million if he plays this year. I I know. Right. I mean, let me tell you, I don't know what that is, the four days in the cabin, but, I mean, that's – I'd say the cabin starts at a deficit. You know what I'm saying? If the cabin equals retirement, all right, as he's walking into that cabin, he's staring at about 54 million bucks. And that, that's a Put lot of Put it this way, stacked up in 100s, it probably wouldn't fit in the cabin. Uh, so i i found that interesting interesting at the very least i mean yeah that's the reality show i want just put him on just put it put a helmet cam on this guy 24 7 and let me just see what goes on with aaron Rodgers because that is one weird dude Man, you know, that would be something, the four days in the darkness, if we had like a helmet cam, ref cam, you know. What is he doing? You know, he says no phone, no nothing. I mean, you can't can't bring cards with you. you right. Know? 
can't see him. How do you play solitaire in the dark? All right, can't can't play chess, can you? I mean, you can only see half the pieces. So, I don't know. Four day, four days, too, not four hours. Four days. I don't know. I I think a nice, you know, four hours in a massage, something like that. I would think you could come to a conclusion at the end of four hours. What do you need the other? How many is it? 116 for. I think he's made his decision, and I think he just makes up the wildest crap he can make up to go on the McAfee show with. Because <laughs> he even got McAfee to drop his jaw yesterday when he said four days of darkness. McAfee turned his head, jaw dropped, like, what did you just say? <laughs> Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Andy Staples to join us coming up at the top of the hour. He and Bruce Feldman of The Athletic did the research and wrote the definitive story detailing Jaden Rashada and his recruitment and the deal that was put together for nearly $14 million, as it turns out, 13.8 and change. And then uh, the Gator Collective backing out of it and just how much money it was going to be per month for over four years and what the requirements were. And we'll talk to him about that, but also just about, you know, NIL. <laughs> and college football, the sport that he makes his living off of going forward. Andy Staples in about 40 minutes' time. Seth Everett will join us earlier than usual. He'll join us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour because esteemed NBA writer Howard Beck is joining us in a little over two hours. NBA trade deadline about 30-plus hours away. And, oh, by the way, LeBron James becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer last night. Mark, what's your thoughts, by the way, about LeBron? You know, I have so many because the record, he did it in 150 fewer games than Kareem. It was a record that a lot of people didn't think would be broken. The next closest competitor to him scoring-wise is KD, who's 10,000-plus points behind where LeBron is. Probably more than that. I think it's, I think it's quite a few more than that. But... It's not so much about LeBron, it's about everybody else. All I've seen this morning and a little bit on Twitter in our Twitch chat room on the text line is people poking holes. It's how quickly can we poke holes in this record for LeBron? And I've, I understand. I mean, I get why. But for a guy who's had no off-the-court problems, and yes, he's spoken his mind about a lot of things, and yes, he's put his foot in his mouth a few times. He's at least, you know, what I see is far more disliked than liked, and I have trouble with that. And that might just be old guys, as Felipe's in his LeBron t-shirt this morning. And the record, what he's accomplished, the fact that he's fourth in assists, it's remarkable that he's still scoring 30-plus points a game at his age. He's 38. 
the record. And he is one of what I think six players in the league today that are averaging 30 or more points a game. That record stood for 39 years, by the way. Kareem set that record. It's going to kind of be like LeBron. Kareem set the record in 84 and finished out the decade playing. I mean, just kept adding and adding and adding and adding to it. Well, I mean, anybody think LeBron's done? I mean, right now, over under how many more years LeBron plays? Because I think it's at least three. Funny, that's the number in my head. This one, two more for sure, probably three more. He reaches 40,000 points then. Maybe 41. This is his 20th year in the league. By the way, this will be his 19th All-Star game. Only as a rookie was he not an All-Star. Jordan, for the record, was an All-Star every year that he played a full season. Obviously, the year he came back and played like 18 games in the regular season in 95, he was not an all-star. The game had already taken place. I will say the numbers to me are interesting. I, When I think of LeBron after a night like last night, I think how remarkable he has to be that he followed in the very next generation, Mark, and it is actually a legitimate discussion you can bring him up and compare him to Jordan and not get laughed at I mean the LA Times wrote a piece yesterday in which they said I'm sorry I don't know what to tell you he's the best player of all time and when you read it I mean you could like be on the jury and you could go this guy's guilty and then all of a sudden, his attorney makes the case. You can sit there and you can go, hmm, I'll be damned. I didn't think about that. But, I mean, Jordan averaged 30 points a game for his 14-plus years. LeBron's averaging 27. LeBron's averaging, if you round up, eight rebounds a game because it's seven and a half. Jordan averaged a little over six. LeBron's averaging seven and a third assists a game. Jordan averaged five and a third assists a game. Michael shot 50% from the field. LeBron, 51. LeBron, 74% from the line. Jordan, 84% from the line. Here's the part that I love. They both average 38 minutes a game. The exact same amount. That's just by the numbers, obviously. Michael was more than the numbers. Michael became the first global brand for an NBA player what he did for the league. You know, we could debate, is it more than what LeBron has done for the league? Although he has carried it for a long time. Did Jordan ever become the villain? I don't think so. No. You know? No. Right. Never. People like Mike. Whereas LeBron became the villain when he left Cleveland. When he took his talents to South Beach... He's been wearing the black hat for most of the rest of his career, except when he went back to Cleveland and got him the title. Which outside of, I guess, the fashion that he did it, which was raising charity, money for charity, of course, was a justifiable move. Yeah, but the way he did it was disgusting. Right. It was a joke. Right. And I, it was and a, joke. a huge LeBron guy. It was right. a joke. Right. 
Th- that's it, what I'm referring to. But yes. you just don't know. I, I, there's no way at your age you could contemplate oh, I know. how much of a joke that was. It was. It was a show. It was a. Yeah. Well, we, well, it was. It was taking Cleveland's nose and absolutely grinding it into the dirt. Yeah. All right. It was a very cruel thing to do, even though he did raise $4 million for the Boys and Girls Club <laughs> while doing it. But, I mean, listen, I think most people, certainly 40 years of age and older, will say, look, Jordan's a better player. Okay, fine. But it's not laughable to bring him up. And let's face it, Mark, 25 years ago when Michael Jordan was retiring for the second time, all right, he had three, by the way, that we all thought, man, is there ever going to be in our lifetime? I mean, think about, you know, you and I were, when he retired for the second time, you weren't 30 yet. I was in my early 30s. I mean, come on. If somebody tapped us on the shoulder and said, there's going to be a guy come along who might even be better than him, but he'll be close. We would have laughed. I said, listen, just take some time off. You know, go spend four days in the darkness with Aaron Rodgers and get back to us. And I think, you know, one of the comments in the Twitch chat room is that it's a different era. Here's the thing. Look at that man. What era couldn't he have played in? You want to say it was tougher to go to the lane? In the 80s, it was. You want to get in the way of that freight train? You want to know what Dennis Rodman would have been done going up to him? Dennis Rodman would have been on his ass. I mean, this guy is a linebacker coming through the middle, man. We've not seen a physical specimen that can do this on the basketball court. So don't tell me he couldn't play in another era. He would have dominated in any era that he played in. I mean, the biggest, baddest of the bad boy Pistons, okay, would have been like, I don't know. I think he's bigger than me. Right. You know, And I loved the Pistons. Lambeer would have went up and LeBron would have knocked him into the <laughs> stanchion that the backboard was held on. Although I'll tell you what, I would have paid a lot of money to see Rick Mahorn and LeBron on the post. I would have. So you give me seven games of them throwing the ball into the post of LeBron with Rick Mahorn guarding them. I'm in. Miller and Moulton. Starting five is next right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Andy Staples from The Athletic. He also has his own daily show slash podcast. Much like us, Mark, we call this show Miller and Moulton. He calls his show The Andy Staples Show. And he adds, and friends. So, you know, maybe we'll get to that point one day. Hmm. Miller and Moulton. And friends. And friends. I like it. Huh. We'll see. Time now for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. You know, it's kind of like Seth Everett. What's the one podcast called? Sports with friends. Seth, by the way, joining us at 8 o'clock. 
Howard Beck two hours from now. Talk a little association. And speaking of the association, LeBron James. You know, Kareem should be thankful. LeBron saved them from having to come back and do this whole thing again Thursday night. LeBron said, let's just get this over with, shall we? He had a little fadeaway just inside the foul line jumper, late third quarter, to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He did, however, get banged up in the fourth quarter, injured his foot, only scored two more points, and the Lakers ended up losing to OKC 133-130. Yes, that's right. In regulation, they scored 130 and lost. Welcome to the NBA. Or the ABA. (laughs) In fact, you know what? I think artists Gilmore and George Gervin are watching today's NBA going, listen, guys, come on. We didn't even score this much when we were playing the Kentucky Colonels. Come on. What's going on here? Where is Kiki Vanderway when you need him? (laughs) Uh, Orlando led the Knicks damn near the the whole game, except at the end. Jalen Brunson with the go-ahead points late. Knicks hold off the Magic 102-98. Ooh, that's a cover. It is. We got that one right. Coming up in a little bit, we'll tell you where we got it wrong. Uh, This Cam Thomas guy, this is a funny story. So, you know, we're assuming most of you don't even know who Cam Thomas is. He's a 21-year-old, I don't even know if he's a shooting guard or a small forward. He's a guard. Okay, thank you. He played at LSU in Virginia, I believe, in his college career. He was hardly playing. He has 18 DNPs this year for the Brooklyn Nets. But I don't know if you're aware, Kevin Durant's out hurt, and Kyrie demanded a trade. So they started playing him the last three games. He scored 44, 47, and 43 points in those three games. No 21-year-olds ever had three consecutive 40-plus point scoring games in the history of the league. In the league. Nets have lost two of the three, however. Phoenix beat them last night, 116-112. By the way, did you hear the Matt Ishbia? The former, is that what it's called? Ishbia? All right. Matt Ishbia, the former end-of-the-bench guy there for Izzo at Michigan State. Right. He's now worth, I don't know, five, Right. So he now, as of yesterday afternoon, owns the Phoenix Suns. Did you see the very first? He comes out a la Mark Cuban. All right. He's like, we're going to be very active between now and the trade deadline, even though I think our core can win a title, even if we don't add anybody. Oh, okay. And they were asked, he was asked, well, are, are you going to be involved in this? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be heavily involved in this. <laughs> what he didn't say was, I paid billions of dollars for this franchise. Damn right, I'm going to be involved. What, do you think I spent $4 billion on the Sun so I wouldn't be involved? <laughs> what, you think I'm only going to get involved in the Phoenix Mercury? Leave the Suns to a few guys? So immediately, though, Mark, there was a story. Because apparently this Ishby guy idolized Isaiah Thomas. And now has Thomas on the board of his business. So, of course, there was immediately a story that said Isaiah Thomas is going to be intimately involved. 
in the front office and the workings of the Phoenix Suns. Which would be hysterical. Because why is it that Matt Ishby was able to buy the Phoenix Suns? Because of all the problems off the court with Robert Sarver and their organization. In the last 20 years, name the one NBA executive who's been found guilty in a court of law of sexual harassment. Isaiah Thomas. So if in fact that story, which Ishby denies, does in fact come to fruition, that'll be hysterical. That will be the definition of irony. New Orleans beat Atlanta 116-107. Memphis by 15 over the Bulls. Denver beat Minnesota by 34. Trade deadline's 3 o'clock tomorrow. Scale of 1 to 10 in terms of busyness. 10 being an NHL trade deadline mark where there's 37 deals, even though many of them are small and, you know, grinder forwards and draft picks and minor leaguers and all that. Because NHL GMs still are sick of players. At the end of the day, they walk through that locker room and they see guys that they don't want there and they know, they know someone else will take them. I never wanted him. So-and-so forced me to take him in the deadline deal two years ago. I've hated him ever since. I fired the scout that drafted him. Uh, (laughs) So on a scale, 10 being an NHL trade deadline, one being an NFL trade deadline. Okay, where will the NBA trade deadline fall? I think it'll be a seven. Kyrie deal already counts. Yes. All right, so. I think it'll be a seven. Hey, don't know if you've heard, but 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers is going to decide his future pretty much next week. And here's how he's going to do it. He's going to lock himself in a room for four days. And listen to Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town. No? You know what? I'm in. But apparently, no electronics, no light. Four days of darkness. A darkness retreat is what he referred to it as. Does he miss an appearance on the McAfee show or does he do his Tuesday appearance next week and then go on the retreat and then come back and tell us, you know, what he contemplated? I don't watch the McAfee show, but if that's the order in which it goes, I'm locked into the post darkness Aaron Rodgers McAfee show. There's post game show and then there's post darkness show. I'm all in. <laughs> Roger says he has several fen- friends that have done this and have had profound experiences with four days of darkness. I want to know who Aaron's friends are. That's got to be a wild group. I'll leave it at that. Um, can somebody help me out here? See, it's a week from today that the whole Derek Carr contract for next year kicks in and his 40 million for 2023 becomes guaranteed so the Raiders have to trade him or cut him within a week but Carr has a no trade clause so he has to approve any trade Derek Carr is not happy with the Raiders 
they're throwing him on the trash heap of life. Why is Derek Carr inclined to help the Raiders in any way? The Saints were given permission to talk to Derek Carr by the Raiders yesterday. My question is, if I'm Derek Carr, why do I talk to anybody? David, you said this on the show the other day, and it stuck with me. I'd talk to him. I'd do exactly what you said. Don't make a trade. They got to cut me, but I would like to come play for you. Here's the deal. I'll work out this deal for you. I'll sign it on the 16th. Well, actually, I don't think he can. I think he got to wait till the next NFL year or whatever the case may be. Yeah, March something. But we can have this deal in a drawer on February 15th, and I'll sign it the first day of free agency. Unless, I mean, unless a team, you know, but f- from Derek Carr's standpoint, who cares if he were to renege on that deal and sign with someone else? He's working for himself. So why is why, he taking care of the Raiders? Well, not only that, A, why does he want to help the Raiders? Honestly, if you're Derek Carr, do you really want the Raiders to have success in the next couple of years without you? I mean, come on, basic human nature. You could be the nicest guy in the world. Come on. Do you really want to see them have success? Not only that, you're going to whatever team it is. Why would you want them to give up resources? They don't have to give up if you just sit home for a week. Join Aaron Rodgers on his darkness tour. Honestly, when it's over, sign with whoever you want. I don't get this. If a team ends up trading for Aaron Rodgers, honestly, I got to pull Aaron Rodgers. Or excuse Derek me, Carr. Derek Carr. If a team ends up trading for Derek Carr, I got to pull him aside and go, dude, what is wrong with you? Why did you help the team that treated you the way they treated you and hurt the team you're going to? That makes no sense. I'm with you. Go party for a week in Vegas and then wait for the phone to start ringing. By the way, the 49ers hired Steve Wilkes. He was the interim head coach in Carolina. A lot of people felt should have gotten the job full time, me included. All right. 49ers hired him to be their defensive coordinator. That's been a stepping stone job. Last two defensive coordinators there have become head coaches, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. Tennessee promoted from within. Tim Kelly is their offensive coordinator. He apparently uh, talked things over with Ryan Tannehill, which is leading people to conclude that maybe the Titans aren't done with Tannehill. Ten Hills apparently in the facilities every day, rehabbing, working out the whole deal. I mean, I know if I was Tennessee, I'd at least rework his deal. It's pretty expensive for this coming season. Not sure he's worth it anymore. And by not sure he's worth it, I'd say he's not worth it. And I'm the president of the Ryan Tannehill, well, vice president. Lauren is president. I'm the vice president of the Ryan Tannehill fan club. Um, NHL last night. What the heck, Lightning? We bet on you in everything. 3-1 lead after one. That's a bad loss. I know they get a point. It was in overtime, but that's a bad loss, David. At home to San Jose. San Jose sucks. 4-3 Sharks in OT. Penguins beat Colorado 2-1 in overtime. Letang the game winner. Edmonton 5-2 over Detroit. Islanders, they've won two in a row since the big trade. Horvat scored last night, was serenaded on the island. All right, 4-0 over the Kraken. But Panther fans, pay attention because the Islanders, one of the teams that you have to catch if you're going to try to make the playoffs, and they seem to have it going on at the moment. 
Vegas beat Nashville 5 1. Anaheim and Chicago, two worst teams in the league. Anaheim 3 2 in overtime. Kane and Taze deciding whether or not they want to be traded. What in the world do you want to stay in Chicago for? I know family, friends, kids. You'll never play another meaningful game. Honestly, they're three years away from maybe. I mean, what are you doing, guys? Of course you want to be traded. College hoops, we said it. No greater advantage in sports than the home court advantage in college basketball. There were four matchups of ranked teams playing one another last night. Home teams won all four. UConn at home against Marquette by 15. Indiana at home against Rutgers by 6. Virginia at home against NC State by 13. K-State at home against TCU by 21. Connecticut was great in the first half, and then just, I mean, they just blew them out early. That's you know those 630 games that I like to watch so much. I, I, was, I had the double I dip going. I know, FS1, 630. Uh, Wake led North Carolina by 22 at the half and held on to beat them. So in the last two days, Miami's whacked Duke and Wake has beaten Carolina. Uh, Arkansas went into Rupp and beat Kentucky by 15. Michigan State held off Maryland. Women's hoops, Oklahoma, who's ranked, beat Baylor, who's unranked, in Waco in overtime. And that, gentlemen, was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. It's true, Paul, in our Twitch chat room, pointed out, okay, I thought after getting bombed by the Panthers that they'd come back with Vasilevsky last night. They had the backup in last night. I don't care. They were yeah, up 3-1 after the first. You don't lose to San Jose at home. And up 3-2 going to the third. What the heck, guys? What the heck? Uh, well, that's all right. They'll just start warming up for their first-round playoff series against the Leafs. That one's pretty much locked in stone. It's always nice when you have two months left in the regular season and you can start honing in on who you're going to play in the playoffs. Yeah, the good news is that's a great series. <laughs> Except if you're Toronto. Uh, wait a minute. We got to play them again? Seriously? Why do you guys hate us so much? <laughs> 